0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to season one, episode 10 of the Manly Hanley podcast. This is the podcast with no limits on what we'll cover unless it's something totally psychotic or not worth covering. I'm your host, Randy. Have a snack, sit back and relax. This episode was recorded on Saturday, May 18th, 2019. For announcements, if you follow us on Facebook, you may have noticed that I now have the Personas mixer back in the studio, so I'm very excited for that. I've also expanded to getting another pro-level microphone so that we can prepare to do some interviews if needed for more than one guest. Uh, my, my occasional co-host Krista has been out of the studio recovering from tonsil surgery, but we look forward to having her back soon. Uh, any kind of like tonsil tonsillectomy in like your thirties is a lot worse than having it done when you were a child. Like I was, I I had it done when I was I think seven, and the recovery was like just a couple of days. It's more like two weeks when you have it done as an adult. So uh, she's recovering well, and she should be back on track to joining us soon. So today's episode is titled "Fish Me Once." We all have Facebook friends, for example, that have clearly fallen for a phishing attack. So how preventable are these attacks? I'm going to talk about how easy it is to prevent these things from happening, which can really help people to avoid unnecessary embarrassment. So wait, I'm tuning into this episode. People are probably thinking and I don't understand what phishing is. I'll just kind of break it down. Phishing is a fraudulent attempt to grab sensitive information from another source by pretending to be a legit source. That's my definition. So a basic, uh, basic example would be me spoofing my phone number that means pretending to be another phone number which isn't that hard to do (laughs) Um, there there's ways to do that with you know there's apps that even do it with pranking your friends kind of apps but a basic example would be me spoofing my phone number and making my outbound number look like something like microsoft's 800 number or or even spoofing my email to display as support at microsoft.com something like that and from there scammer me would come up with a little plan to fish in some users So how would I do it? Maybe I would go to a well-known website, like a random company website, acme.com, let's just say, and I look up some information on what they do, who their CEO is, etc. Then I just take a few notes. Maybe then I'd come up with a well-written email that says something like, hello, John Doe, CEO or Acme Inc. or whatever. It has come to our attention that the software on your network is out of date and is a huge security risk to your company. Please log in and fill out this form so that you may take Microsoft, uh, take action, you know, so that Microsoft won't come after you. It'll say something like that, maybe, right? It might not even make sense fully because maybe there's some translation issues in where the hacker is from, you know, if it's a different country, but something along those lines, asking for something, log into this page, right? So I could easily set up a fake login page. Most IT professionals that I've worked with, they'd immediately notice that a website address might look kind of fake, but it might not be obvious to everybody, so like the website could be Microsoft.com.ru or it could be something that's not quite the same, but looks the same if you're not paying too close attention. So the the company that the fakes, you know, the the scammers pretending to be the phishing attacker, uh, the wannabe scammer is claiming to be from could be something like similar to the, the real website. And they just, you know, basically. Um, most people that are kind of tech savvy would just go on with their day and just report the email as spam. But the person that doesn't catch it, which is a lot of people, might click on it and try to log in with their credentials. Why isn't it working? Well, that fake web page that you're trying to log into is just capturing your credentials. Meanwhile, the hacker Randy, I don't even want to give somebody the credit of being a hacker because it doesn't necessarily require a lot of skill to fish or trick somebody into doing something. But... You know, bad me is out there grabbing those credentials, and then I actually go log in as that user, and then start sending out emails. You know, trying to you know look in the old emails for some credit card information, whatever, whatever kind of notes I might have saved for other logins to my banking website, whatever. The possibilities are endless. And I didn't even really earn the title of being a hacker; just just a regular criminal that's stealing somebody's credentials. So, you know, others totally fall for it. But there's, there's a couple ways to avoid that, and that's what I want to bring up. And it's really easy, and it's just called two-factor authentication. If you have a banking website or credit card website, I, I'm i guessing they've already enforced that. That's happened over the last few years. All of my banking websites enforce that. You have to set up some form of two-factor authentication. But um, even now in 2019, not everyone is using it. Um, and, and as a side note, Microsoft has goals to have a password-free future, but... Um, Kind of like using Windows Hello or it's 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 going to be a thing eventually where we don't have to think about doing the password or worry about having our passwords stolen as much. Uh, You know, there's going to be like biometrics that become more intelligent and are actually worth using, like scanning your fingerprint, but a little bit further than that. Better facial recognition. But let's go back to what's actually happening now. And in a 2019 study from Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, found that hospital employees are extremely vulnerable. This is in 2019. It was a quality improvement study, which I will link in the show notes, where more than 2.9 million emails were sent to employees among six hospitals. The median click rate was 16.7%. And the link to that discusses the study is in the show notes. It's it goes a little further in detail, but that's that's still pretty bad. I, I've actually um, heard through other tech friends and such that there are some companies that have tested their employees have done much worse than that, and that's that's kind of alarming. But in their defense, I think there were studies. I think there are studies that say a lot more than a click study will say. A lot of these studies are just like if the user clicked on a link to launch the website. For instance, after the after the employee clicked the link, did they try to log into a fake web page? Some of those studies just say, yeah, the employee clicked the link, they fell for it. I don't I think it needs to go a little further than that. I like to inspect links because I block them at the domain level as an IT person. You know, I'll have maybe I have a computer that's not it's not really a, a risk to have on the network, it's more like a testing device. And maybe I'll visit the link on that computer just to see what it's what other users are running into, and then we block that domain. But, I mean, a takeaway is, though, it just enables some, uh, some form of simple two-factor authentication. Make sure you've set up your security questions. There's you know, a, lot of, a lot of sites just do that right from the beginning. Like, when I set up somebody with a Microsoft Office 365 account, our organization has it enabled to first ask you to set up your security questions and some so- sort of uh, multi-factor authentication. It's, it's really helpful and we and you generally don't get anybody that gets hacked that has that um, and I say hacked loosely anybody that gets fished that has those things implemented it's still possible though but makes it less likely so again try to enforce if you're if you're managing IT for your company or if you have family and friends just help them out tell them man just set up two factor authentication even Facebook has it and I have had family and friends that were hacked Fished because they did not have that enabled and i took action immediately contacted them said change your password now because it's embarrassing first off change your password you're going to embarrass yourself because it's clear when your profile is hacked on facebook all of a sudden you'll see all your friends might start getting a request from somebody that has your profile photo and is just trying to it's just embarrassing and they grab some information out of your profile because they gained access to your account Facebook has two-factor authentication you can turn on, and you probably won't ever get hacked if you have that. So that's what I do with my family and friends. But uh, even Google, if you have a Gmail account, which is the majority of people probably, when you you visit a a page they have on their security area, it's called Security Checkup. The address I'll have in the show notes, but I can just read it. It's myaccount.google.com forward slash security hyphen checkup. And when you go there, it will tell you things such as you have this device still connected to your account. It hasn't been used in 50 days. You know, it hasn't pinged Google in 50 days. And you'd be surprised when it's still connected to your account. I, for instance, review a lot of phones that connect to my Google account. So I had like 20 of them on there. And you just click next to it if you're not using it anymore and it removes it. And it just serves as like a little cleanup to keep you safe. And basically, when you see a bunch of green check marks, Google believes that all of your potential security issues have been resolved. So it kind of gives you a little um, sense of security once you finish that up. So I highly recommend that if you have a Google account. So you think, what if you get to the point where you think you may have fallen for a phishing attempt? Like now what, what do you do? I generally, my practice is act quickly, aggressively and smart. So just change your password immediately. No questions. Just do that. First thing and for all of your accounts change them for all of your account. not just the one that you think's hacked it doesn't hurt anyway i mean a lot of uh, places of employment enforce password changes every 30 60 or 90 days it's important to change your password anyways it's not going to hurt you come up with, with something that you'll remember that you don't have to write down it's not as hard as people tend to describe it uh, changing their password and memorizing all these passwords it's really it's going to help you but it might be great that you also changed your your Facebook password just off the bat as well, but then what if you've done? What if you're one of those people that store your Facebook password in the email that you've sent to yourself, and then that email is the email that was compromised? Guess what? That shyster has also collected your updated password, and you have to start all over again. Seems like common sense, right? You'd be surprised. I've worked with thousands of users in my career. Y- you would be surprised. Uh, maybe just make an actual phone call to people that you talk to often. Check with them to see if things are normal in your social media pipeline. Have them view your Facebook timeline. See if there are any strange emails coming from you. Just a just a simple quick checkup. And a lot of people that have been fished tend to do that. It's like the the damage control, the triage. You're like, oh god, did I did I send you this? Did I? All that can be prevented. First off, remember two factor authentication. Set that up. It's easy. It's just going to take you a couple minutes. So coming up on the Manly Hanley podcast. Things you or your company can do to avoid becoming a victim to phishing attacks. Just kidding about the break part. We don't have a break yet. So let's move on. We don't have any sponsors yet, but we have giveaways coming. That's always a that's always a given. So even though we don't have the sponsors paying for the show, we still get generous, generous companies that have donated some awesome giveaway items. So let's move on to the next part of the Manly Handling Podcast. Things you can do, your company or you can do for your family, things you can do to avoid becoming a victim to phishing attacks. This mostly applies to companies, I would say, because it's going to be, you'll see, just have some mock phishing attacks. I really believe that phishing becomes even more serious when it's in a company setting. When somebody in your company falls for a phishing attack, it could be a huge embarrassment. I've seen it many times, not with the company I currently work with just other companies. And I've heard stories but your company's name is attached to that person that fell for something that is obviously entirely avoidable. This could make a company look irresponsible. I think it's damaging. Who's going to want to, you know, work with a company that might not take data seriously? That's or that's how it appears anyway. Obviously, we all have good intentions, most of us. And we want to protect our customer and company's data. But just here's how you here's how here's how you can avoid things. And proactive companies do these things. They have some mock phishing attacks. And these are some awesome services that exist out there online. You can just Google it. And they help to engineer mock phishing attacks in your organization. It's kind of like simulating those emails that go out by the real phishing attackers, phishers. But not all of them include the phishing simulation. But it's to see if your users fall for a simulated attack. So the most common feature I see many companies include is the security awareness portion that educates your users. So they could, you know, kind of click through like a little quiz instead of actually being tricked for real and then getting a warning saying you fell for it. it doesn't it's not that harsh, but there's like little quizzes you can take that just see if you fall for the basic um, some simple questions. So the most important feature that I see companies include is the security awareness portion that educates your users. It's no matter how secure your network is, users can still mess up. So you can help them to avoid this. Some services I've heard of, or I know that exist, and I've seen utilized are Barracuda, Fishline. Um, sounds pretty legit too because the company's called Barracuda. Kind of kind of works out for their uh, the fishing uh, pronunciation uh, name. There's CoFence, FishMe. It's another great one, and there's Fish Labs. There, there are many more, many, many more out there. So th- those are the first things I would do is just try to set some up. If you have a fairly decent sized company and you want to ensure that they're all educated, stage some attacks, man. <laughs> Sounds pretty dirty, but it works. So another thing is to check with users, check with others um, to ensure they've enabled any type of those extra security layers that I talked about previously I've worked with my mom, for example, to enable two-factor authentication on her Facebook. I saw a lot of her friends getting hacked. Uh, to me, two-factor authentication should be enforced on any accounts possible. The most basic example of two-factor authentication is like when you go to a ATM, you put your debit card in, and then it also asks for your PIN number. So the person, say somebody that stole my debit card, they go to the ATM. They're not probably going. They're probably not going to know my PIN, right? Unless you wrote it on the card, which. Do not do that, please. I hope nobody does that anymore. Another example might be using a fingerprint reader um, as, a, as a form of two-factor authentication, even after entering the correct password. Even with this method, it's possible that someone could use a model of another person's fingerprint, like a molding, and bypass it. I, I don't know how common that is to, happening. Maybe if you're like a high-profile figure. Sure, and that that's extreme. But it also shows that biometrics have a long way to go before they're rock solid. And like I mentioned earlier, Microsoft is working on doing away with the traditional password because passwords are what hackers look for. They want a password. So it's still useful to use a second layer of security. So just please do that. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the podcast today. This was a quick episode, but I think it should have high impact and maybe gives you something to take action on. I really appreciate everyone listening. Thanks a lot and have a great day. If you're a new listener to the Manly Hanley Podcast, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website and leave a comment. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. That's at randyhanley.com. Follow Randrums on Twitter. That's R-A-N-D-R-U-M-S. And be sure to like the Manly Hanley Podcast Facebook page.